Hey everybody, welcome to Northridge Church Online. My name is Brent, I'm one of the pastors here at Northridge, and we're so glad that you joined us here today. Well, some of you know this, some of you don't, and that's okay, but I am a dad. I'm a father to three amazing children. Well, one thing that I am entitled to as a dad is that I get to tell cheesy, bad dad jokes. You know, the kind that some people will laugh at, but for the most part, you just get the, oh, like groan, like that is so bad. I, I wish I had never heard it. Well, you're in luck today because I'm going to share a few bad jokes with you. And the reason I'm going to share them is because all of these jokes have to deal with boats. And the reason I'm telling these is because today's story that we're going to look at in God's Word in the Bible happens on a fishing boat. So before we get to that, let me tell you the jokes. I know you've been waiting with bated breath. All right, first one is this. Where do sick boats go? You know, don't you? The dock, obviously. How many of you laughed? How many of you groaned? How many of you just wish you were somewhere else? All right, very good. Second question, or second joke, I should say. How do you know if you're getting a good deal on a boat? If it has a sail on it. Get it? Sail. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you off on that one. Third one. So there are two boats traveling toward each other. The first boat is carrying red paint. The second boat is carrying blue paint. And they collide. My question is, what happens to the two people driving the boats? Think about it. They get marooned. Get it? Red paint, blue paint, marooned. Yeah, I bet I got a few groans out of that one. Let me give you one more. How do you light a boat when the boat only has a box of candles in it? How do you light a boat with only a box of candles but nothing else on board? Well, it's actually really easy. Just throw the box of candles overboard. It makes the boat lighter instantly. I know, you're ready to be done. Well, welcome to Northridge Church. I'm so glad that you're here. For those of you who are regular Northridgers, or if you're here for the very first time, maybe somebody shared this video with you, or maybe you've just been waiting to check us out and this is your first time to do that. We're so glad that you're here. And we want you to know something really important. Northridge Church is a safe place. It's a safe place for you to ask questions about God, about the Bible, about your faith, about faith in general, about whatever questions you have about that. We're glad that you would ask those questions and we're going to try to answer those. And even if we don't know the answers to those questions, we're going to say we don't know and let's seek those answers together. So thanks for being here. So as I said, we're going to look at a story here today that talks about or happens on a fishing boat. So the context is Jesus and the disciples are on this boat and they're in the middle. They're getting ready to, or they're crossing actually a huge lake and they're in the middle of this lake when a storm comes up. And so I'm going to read this story to you and then we're going to talk about it just a little bit. So the story is in Mark chapter 4 and I'm going to start with verse 35 if you like to follow along. Mark 4, 35. As evening came... Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat 
and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then Jesus asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, this is a story that for some of you, you've heard this story many, many times. For others of you listening right now, that was the first time you've ever heard that story, ever read out of God's word, out of the Bible. Regardless of where you are, whether you've heard it a hundred times or that was the first time, usually what most people do is we tend to focus on two main things in that story. We focus on the storm and we focus on the miracle that Jesus performed in that storm, that he calmed it like that immediately. But what I want to do is I want to actually focus on what Jesus focuses on in the story. He focuses on something entirely different than what you and I tend as humans to focus on. And so I'm going to give you two things, two highlights that I want to bring out of this story that really are what Jesus focused on. And those two things are the questions that are asked in the story. So we're going to talk about the questions. So the first question, what was the first question? Well, the first question was asked by the disciples to Jesus. Do you remember the question? So the storm is raging. They're in the middle of nighttime in this fishing boat in the, in the middle of a huge lake. Most of them, maybe all of them, can't swim. So the situation is very serious. And the, the disciples have been struggling to fight the waves and the wind, but the boat is filling with water. And so they go and they decide they, they have to wake Jesus up. And by the way, I don't know how they decided that, but who, how would you want to be the person who was chosen to go wake up Jesus, the Savior of the world. Well, however they figure that out, they go wake up Jesus, and this is the question that they ask. I want to read it from verse uh, 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? I want you to notice what the disciples are focused on. They are focused on the storm. Very specifically, they are focused on how the storm is affecting them, the fear that is causing in them. And they call Jesus out for this. And the question is very important. Could you tell how personal it was? They said, don't you care? Don't you care? See, Jesus is there and, and they're scared and they're, scared. they're worried about what's going to happen to them. They're worried that they're going to drown. They're worried that the boat is going to sink. They're worried about what's going to happen. They're focused on all the things around them, everything that's swirling around them. And so their question to Jesus is out of fear. It's out of doubt. It's out of frustration. Can you tell that they were mad at Jesus? They didn't just gently shake his shoulder. They shouted at him. That's what the text says. They shouted at Jesus. Teacher, 
Don't you care that we're going to drown? They were stuck in a storm. Well, let me just say to you and I today that we're all in the same boat. We're all in this COVID-19 pandemic worldwide storm. Everybody's in it. We're all being affected by it. And so that's an obvious storm. That's the big storm that's been going on for the last several weeks. And we all know that that's a storm that's swirling and raging around us. But I want to talk to you today about the other storms. The storms that are being caused by the storm. These are the storms that you're dealing with, that I'm dealing with, personally. The storms of life that are happening because of COVID-19. For example, many of you I know are a part of our church and some of you may be listening online who have just connected with us here today. A lot of you are healthcare workers. You're on the front lines of this. Maybe you're uh, an employee or a boss of of an essential business that has to help keep the food going for the populace, that's trying to feed our communities. And so you have to be on the front lines. You're dealing with this head on. You don't have the option of staying locked into your house. So you probably have some storms going on. Maybe you're scared about what's happening. Maybe you're worried about going to work. Maybe you're worried about being people. Maybe, I've heard this from many of you actually personally, one of your biggest worries is that you're going to bring the virus home to your family. That's a storm that's raging within you and around you. Maybe you're here and maybe the storm for you is that your routine and your normal life has been completely upended. I think almost for all of us it has. And so now you're trying to juggle the fact that you have to teach your kids at home while also keeping and maintaining a job from home. And you're trying to keep everybody safe, keep their hands washed, make sure everybody's fed and taken care of, making sure that we're not driving each other crazy. Are you guys going crazy yet? I can just honestly say, Laura and I, there have been times where we're just kind of like, ah, we just want to scream out loud. Maybe the storm is that you've lost your freedom and the routine of what you normally would get to do, how we normally do things. And to be honest, maybe the storm is that it's forcing us into this inner story. We're wondering, can we handle this? How can I be a good mom or a good dad in the midst of this when I don't have sports and I don't have activities and I can't go here and there and all these things that we paid for and to do and keep all of us active and busy and and engage with something else. Now it's just us. And maybe there's an inner story that you're wondering, do you measure up? How is this going? How am I as a dad, as a father, as a husband, as a wife? Or maybe you're at home and the storm you're dealing with is you don't have a family at home and you're all alone. And you're just lonely. You just need somebody, something. Whatever the storm is, Jesus has a question and he has an answer. And the disciples, I don't know if you've asked this, but God, do you care? And maybe that's a question that you've been asking yourself over the last couple of weeks. God, don't you care? Have you asked God these questions? I can tell you that one of the things, the storms that I've been going through personally, 
This may not be a storm that you've dealt with, but it's a storm that I've dealt with. And that is, for the last two weeks, I've been, multiple times, I've been overwhelmed. I've been confused. I've been unsure as to what decision needs to be made and how it needs to be made. There have been times when I've doubted my ability to lead our church well in the middle of this crisis. There have been times when I have been scared about making a decision because I'm not sure if it's the right one. There have been times when I wasn't sure if I was being the best father, the best husband, because I've been consumed and stressed at home by all these questions, all these doubts, and all these fears. And so there's been this inner struggle within me. Am I good enough? Am I going to be able to measure up? Can I really get us through, my family and our church, through this time? But not just survive, but to get us through well. I've asked myself that question. That's a storm that I've had to deal with. So my question to you is, what's your storm? What storm is raging within you or around you? And have you asked that same question that the disciples asked Jesus? God, where are you? Do you care? So I want to move on to the second question because it's where Jesus kind of turns everything on its head. It's the second focus that he has. And so in the story, we know the disciples ask this question. They, they ask Jesus, do you care that we're going to drown? And then he gets up and immediately he rebukes the wind and the waves. He ca- creates calm just like that immediately. But then right on the heels of that, Jesus asks the disciples another set of questions. Two questions specifically. And I'll read that in verse 40. This is what Jesus says. Then he asked them, the disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I want you to notice something about those questions. Really important. Did you notice that Jesus is not focused on the storm? He doesn't bring up the storm in the questions at all. Did you notice that he's not focused on the fact that the disciples woke him up from a much-needed rest and nap? Jesus and the disciples just come off of a full day of ministry. They're exhausted. And I don't know about you, but when I get woken up, I have a lot less humility and grace than Jesus does. <laughs> he, he responded, well, I don't tend to. I tend to be a bit of a bear. Anybody with me on that? Or am I alone? I tend to be a bear if somebody wakes me up, especially if they wake me up by shouting at me, which is how the disciples did it. Jesus doesn't bring any of that up. What does he bring up? What is he worried about? What is he focused on? His questions show us what he's concerned about. And it's the same thing he's concerned about for you and for me. He's concerned about our soul. Yeah, he knows that the storm is raging. Yeah, he knows that, that there's a lot of questions in our mind. But what Jesus is most concerned about is he's concerned about your soul, my soul, and what and how that's going and what that's doing to us. And so the question that we have to answer is, what is our answer to Jesus' questions? Where have you put your hope? Where have you put your trust? Where's your faith? That's the question that Jesus asked the disciples and asks all of us. And so he's saying, where is that hope? Where is that trust that you have? Do you trust me, Jesus says? See, Jesus never promised that storms would not happen to us. I know that this is not 
one of those things that we're all going to cheer for in our living rooms and, and wherever you're watching this on your, on your phone or your TV or you're listening in your car or whatever the case is, this is not one of those things that we're going to, yeah, yeah, preach it, let's go, this is awesome. But the truth is that Jesus never, ever promised that we're going to be free of storms. He promised that we will have storms. In fact, let me take you to that very moment where he shares that. It's at the Last Supper. He's with his disciples. He's at the last meal with his disciples. It's the very night that Jesus is about to be betrayed. He's going to be arrested. And the very next day, he's going to be crucified on a cross for my sins and yours. For the sins of the world. That is going to happen in the next few hours. And Jesus is at dinner with the disciples. And he knows this storm is about to hit. The disciples don't know. They don't understand. But Jesus knows. And so the disciples, everything that they put their hope and their trust in is about to be taken away. It's about to be destroyed. Jesus is about to die. And their hope is going to be gone. The storm is about to hit. And this is what Jesus shares with them. Simple words. One of the last sets of words before he's betrayed and arrested. Listen to what he says. John 16, 33. It says this. Jesus' words. He says, In me... You may have peace. But in this world, you will have trouble. You will have storms. You will have problems. But take heart. Be encouraged. Have faith, is what Jesus is saying. He says, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. What Jesus is saying is, the storms will come. You will have storms that rage around you. COVID-19 is going to happen. These things are going to get us down. They're going to affect our lives. They're going to throw our, our routines off. They're going to create fear and doubt and all these questions in our hearts and our minds. Storms are going to happen. But Jesus says, you, you don't need to ignore the storm. You don't even need, need to doubt in the storm. But what Jesus calls us to do is something that is really important for me that I've had to be reminded of so many times in the last two weeks, and I want to remind for you, it's not that we ignore the storm. It's not that we have doubts or don't have doubts in the storm. It's that Jesus says, I want you to trust in me. Have faith in me, Jesus says. Do you trust him? There was... A man who was flying on a commercial air, airplane a few years ago. And all of a sudden, they had this ominous message that came from the pilot. And the pilot came on. If you've flown for any, any time, you probably have heard this, this announcement. And it goes like this. Hey, everybody, I want you to return to your seats. Put on your seatbelts because we're about to go into some turbulence. We're expecting some turbulence ahead. So that announcement came on, and so everybody returned to the seats, got their seatbelts on. And, and what they didn't know was that the plane was headed for a storm that had just formed in front of them, one that they could not at this point avoid. And so they were going to be flying right into a storm. And it was not a small storm. It was a huge storm. It was a massive storm with thunder and lightning and all kinds of stuff going on. And so they enter into this storm. And all of a sudden, the people realize why they need to return to their seats and, and bu uh, buckled themselves in. 
the storm started to hit really hard. And all of a sudden, this, the, the plane started to rock back and forth. The wings were up and down. And, and all of a sudden, they, they took a lift where they hit an air current and it took them up in the air. And then it dropped them down 100 feet. And everybody's just freaking out because everything's shaking. The plane is shaking. The turbulence is bad. Even the, the staff on the plane were getting very scared. It's a huge storm. Everybody's crying, praying. There were people that were freaking out even more. And the man has scared himself. He really thinks this could be the last, the last moments of his life. Then all of a sudden the guy looks over and he sees this young girl. This very young girl. She's sitting there. She's reading a book and she clearly knows what's going on around her. Every now and then she glances up and looks at everybody else. Every now and then the the plane gets really rough and the turbulence is really bad and shakes or drops and she stops reading the book and then she just pauses for a few seconds and then she goes back and starts reading her book again. But all through everything, she just seemed very at ease, almost calm. And the man was amazed. Well, as it turns out, the plane was able to make it to the airport and had a safe landing. Everybody made it. But on the way off of the airplane, the man decided, I need to really talk to this girl and see what was going on. She was so calm while everybody else was freaking out, running around, just like not running around on the plane. That would have been really bad. But just going crazy. No calm. And he wanted to ask her, why was that? And so he caught up to the girl And he knelt down in front of her and he said, Hey, I just want to ask you, how did you stay so calm in the midst of the storm? And her answer was powerful and simple. She said, My daddy is the pilot and he will get me home. My question to you today is this. Have you put your hope, your trust, your faith in the pilot. The one who can take care of you. The one that can see you through the storm. The one that can get you home. My hope and my trust, my encouragement to you is this. Put your hope and trust and your faith in Jesus. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us. God, I do want to pause and just pray for those people who are listening right now and those in our community and in our various communities around this region who are in healthcare or in essential businesses or anybody else that's on the front lines of this pandemic. Would you just give them your peace, your comfort, your power? as they seek to help everybody that is affected by this? Would you give them the strength and the peace and the encouragement that they need to keep going on, to keep working hard? I pray also for the rest of us, the rest of us who have storms that are swirling around. Everything's unknown. We don't know when our jobs are going to start back up. Some of us have lost income. Some of us have lost insurance. Some of us have lost freedom. God, help us remember that you can calm the storm instantly that's raging within us. But ultimately, we need to put our hope and our trust 
in you. God, we need to listen to our community leaders, government, everything else, but help us to not put our hope and our trust for our salvation and our safety just in those things. Help us to first and foremost put our hope and our trust in you, Jesus. Help us to follow you. Help us to trust you. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Well, I just want to say, I love you. God loves you. And may God bless you.